0: Welcome to Mind Body Success with your hosts Allison Swardloff and Dr. Lisa Hart. Listen along as we take you on a life-changing journey into creating success by incorporating mindfulness, self-care, mindset, and personal development. Open your mind, let your adventurous side out, and allow us to motivate you to remove the hustle and overwhelm while shifting your current reality to the life of your dreams. Through conversations with high achievers, you will learn tips. Tools and strategies to overcome challenges and live a life of prosperity and abundance. Let the adventure begin. Welcome to today's episode of Mind Body Success. Lisa and I are excited to be joined by Pat Roquet, founder of Rock On Success. She is a career leadership strategist speaker, coach, who has been interviewed on Good Morning America, Thrive Global, and many more. She's a keynote speaker, executive coach, certified virtual presenter, and best-selling author. She launched her company in 1988, and in 2001, she published her master's thesis on best practices for virtual teams. Since it's 2001, it was before 9-11, and of course, long before COVID-19 heightened the demand for remote workers. In her business, she leverages her career path and empowers individuals and teams to shine the light on their zone of genius and to do what you love without selling your soul or losing your mind. Pat, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: It's so nice to meet you, Allison, and to reunite with Lisa. I haven't seen you in a while. We've been traveling a parallel journey and I'm grateful to both of you for having me so thank you
0: you're yeah. welcome tell me something you have rocks behind you i meant i remember reading and you mentioned that the rocks actually saved your life can you explain what that
1: how those rocks did that i would be happy to so here's the thing we plan and god laughs and sometimes we plan out change and pivots and other times they are chosen for us and we need to respond. So I started my business when I was 24, when I was not expecting it was an executive at an advertising and PR agency, put my head through a windshield in a car accident and it was not well enough to go back to work. So pivot one, I'm now this entrepreneur. My boss said, hang a shingle kid, I'll feed you work because I know you're not coming in the office, but we need you. So I was working remotely in 1988, before it was cool, before we even had the technology, Right. before I had a boyfriend who became my husband, before I had my two kids. When I turned 40, my husband and I went back to school and got our master's degrees together, shared books, which was scary, did it online, and wrote our thesis on best practices for virtual teams because we never would have been able to do it in a traditional setting, commuting and such. I did that to spend my 40s working in the pharmaceutical and healthcare industry, basically as a thought leader, strategic sales director. I launched brands for Pfizer, Advil, and the -the over-the-counter brands. I switched over and helped bear launch a cancer drug. I worked for WebMD and Everyday Health, educating Mm -hmm. consumers and healthcare professionals. And it was interesting because sometimes the more successful you are, the faster things change. I never thought that made any sense, but it was my reality. And I happened to have lost my last job as I was turning 50. And I was a menopausal mess, not crying in shop right trying to decide which mustard to choose, (laughs) you know, just beyond repair. And no one knew what to do with me. And I didn't know what to do with myself. I took antidepressants to feel better. And to be quite frank, I had a really bad side effect and they gave me suicidal thoughts. And one day I said out loud, I should just throw myself off a bridge and no one would care. And so I knew that wasn't right. And I knew that wasn't me. It was enough of a siren that I realized I'd hit rock bottom. But I was given grace to know that it wasn't the time to take action on it. And I needed to do something different. And I didn't know what. And my family didn't know how to help. My friends didn't know how to help. Everybody watched this circling the drain happen and feeling helpless on how to help me. And so my best friend watching me tank while my birthday was coming, which was in March, she dug in the snow, got 50 rocks, painted them gold, put 50 things that are special about me in this box that said like a Pinterest gift, 50 rocks. And so do you. And on my birthday, took me out to dinner and handed me this bag and said, hold this. And I said, Oh my goodness, what is this? A box of rocks? never my wildest dreams that I think it was. And literally what you see in the background are the actual rocks. And so I started crying again, because this is all I did was cry for about two years and started to blog one rock at a time on LinkedIn thinking, what does it mean to be hardworking? Well, busy is not the goal, right? The goal is being productive. So how can you dedicate the right time to doing the right things? One of them talked about generous. And I wrote a blog Reminding people that we need to be generous givers and excellent receivers, because what happens? How do you feel when you help other people? Right, Alison? Right, Lisa? We feel great. But what happens if no one asks for help? We deprive others of the joy of helping you too. And so I was in the middle of eating humble pie, as we'd like to say, and how to reach out for help in ways I never imagined being that person but I had to give myself grace. And I wrote about that. And people started calling me and messaging me saying, can you coach me? Can you teach me? Can you speak to my team? And this box of rocks changed my life, literally saved my life because it made me realize that I wasn't so bad and that life wasn't so bad. And that there was a message in each one of these crazy little rocks. I have rocks everywhere around my house, in my car, the box of rocks is sitting right here. And I have built a new brand. My company was born as business boomers because I'm the youngest baby boomer, right? I'm born in 64. I was 24 years old when I started my company. Nobody had a business or company back then at that age. It wasn't a thing. I'm like now with technology where a lot of diverse ages are really doing that. And so rock on success became my mantra because I realized my father's name was Rocky. My father-in-law's name was Rocky. My son's middle name was Rocky. My favorite movie oh, wow. of all time, Best Picture, 1976. Rocky. <laughs> I'm Italian. I love marble and stone. And then this box of rocks showed up, and all of a sudden, I started realizing I had been talking about rock-solid results and a rock-solid foundation and celebrate why you rock. Like I always spoke in that way, but never seen it. And how you need perspective if you've ever had or been involved with the wedding, like the say yes to the dress wedding moment or the prom moment, there's somebody on the pedestal and there's multiple mirrors, but you need your besties standing 20 feet behind you to tell you if your butt looks big in the dress. If it looks like you, if you look happy in your own skin, are you glowing from the inside out? Or are you trying to fit into something that's not really right? For you and you're putting on this kind of half fake smile trying to get past the moment and so the box of rocks has transcended so much and really become my keynote speech the cornerstone of how I teach I've built an academy I've spoken around the world I've just authored my third um, book my best-selling book uh, co-authored actually from no worth to self-worth helping people oh, awesome. understand how to Reach back and find what's really important, and to not get lost in those bad moments. And I went back to my beginning and told the story of my box of rocks and my upbringing too. So it's people call me the Rock Lady. My clients have rocks literally all over their corporate buildings, at the reception desk, everywhere you go. And it's my symbolic storytelling to make it fun and engaging for people to think I'm talking about myself, but I'm really not because I'm I've talked to the team or the group behind the scenes and understanding what's going on with the people in the seats. How are they feeling? What's on their mind? What's keeping them up at night? Where are they feeling less than, where do they need inspiration or what kind of action do you want them to take? And so based on what you tell me about your group, we kind of plan through a bunch of the rocks. I pull out my box. They just so happen to be sitting near the top, but it's a very authentic, easy moment and I don't typically use PowerPoint. I take these rocks. If I'm in a room, I walk the room, but we really just use storytelling to help people reimagine and rediscover their own zone of genius. It's kind of that reawakening for people because I think we all deserve to rock our career and our life without selling our soul or losing our mind. And that's kind of that underbelly, everything's just grown from there. I know that's a long explanation, but kind of bringing it all full circle because you'll hear the language through and through when I speak. It's just, I've always been that way. Maybe I have rocks in my head. I don't know, but. (laughs) (laughs) You wouldn't be where you are today. (laughs) Yeah, I suppose so. I suppose so. So that's my brand and that's who I am. And I married a Cuban lovely gentleman born in Havana. And my last name is Roque. And you know what that means in Spanish, right? No, (laughs) it just, it never stops. So anyway, that that's my story and I'm sticking to it. And when you were reaching out about the theme of your show, it was just kismet. I mean, this was just a no brainer to get together with you guys and talk about things. So thank you again for having me.
2: I love it. We are honored. You know, I've, I knew we were going to be talking to you and I've been so aware in the news lately. You know, for a while they've been talking about the labor shortage for the entry level minimum wage jobs, but now it looks like it's even um, it's it's everywhere the the management and even the C suite. Um, what's up with that? What do you what do you think? Are are people realizing that they've been miserable all this time, or or what? And how would you help? What what advice would you have? That's
1: a great question. Fast Company had an article, and they were calling it we're recapping economists calling it a she session. So this is taking women in the workforce, think about this. Women are typically the household quarterback, the school and education quarterback, Mm -hmm. the grocery and order, all kinds of shopping, the healthcare quarterback. We're kind of the glue, again, stereotypically, that holds our families together. And COVID forced everything back. Think about Did you not say at least once in 2019, gosh, wouldn't it be great if I could just sit my butt on the couch for just an hour or to sit down with my family and actually eat a whole meal together once or twice at the same time? You probably all said some version of that once and then it happened. So now we went from extreme running frantic to hunkered down together. And we learned a lot about ourselves and about each other. And we realized we're actually... Very good at what we do, and we can do a lot more than we had been given the latitude or the credit for. And so I've been a proponent of teaching people how to advocate for working virtually, how to build a business case, to get your boss to say yes. I've been helping people do that for 20 years. Um, one of my favorite clients is in the pharmaceutical space, and she has a team in the US and a team in Hyderabad in India. And we've been running programs to help them do train the trainer, doing strength-based program here, how to help their team understand why they rock and how to communicate better to stay cohesive and be productive together. She said 10 years ago, she learned they got rid of all the paper trail. Nothing ever had like a receipt stuck in a desk. Accountability and productivity was visible. People knew a cadence of when to communicate. All these great things happened. And so we learned to be better. We learned to be more self sufficient and yet stay collaborative. And now that we're watching, we went through the year. I got COVID on the anniversary of COVID, mind you. I was the most uh-huh. careful person I know. And literally in March, I got COVID. I waited till a year, like, and I conned my way into getting the antibody IV so that I stayed out of the hospital because I'm high risk. But again, learning how to take care of your health in different ways, because I play golf. It's probably one of the few things you could actually do all through the year, right? So that was a blessing. And people started getting messages of, we're never requiring you to come back to the office or you can come back in 2022, we'll address it. Fast forward, the vaccine program started and it's seeming to work. It's keeping more people alive and it's keeping more people out of the hospital. And now, teams are getting messages saying, Come back July 1st, August 1st. We expect you in the office three days a week. We don't have all the rules. We don't know what that means, but you need to start showing your face. Meantime, people have moved. They've sold their houses. They've left the cities. Mm -hmm. They don't know where to put their kids for summer camp. They don't know where to enroll them to school because they don't know what state they're living in anymore right now. There's all these decisions because it's really hard to make choices based on quicksand. And this was the first time the CEO. And the security guard at the front door all had the same questions about- What do we do now? Like my family, where should I live? What's safe and healthy to do? Can I go to the office? What should I eat? Do I cook it? Do I make someone serve it? When can I go to Publix? Like all the things. And so women are falling off the corporate ladder in droves. I think it was 4 million women off the corporate ladder in April, if I'm not mistaken. I just saw an article from CNBC. I was just copying and pasting to share. Crazy numbers. We've gone back to 1987 progress. We've lost almost 30 years of progress of women raising through the corporate ladder. And companies have had diversity and inclusion mantras, uh, mandates, right, that they were given. And now, not only did they not have the people in the ranks right now to be elevated, they've lost even more because the women and the caregivers are the ones who have fallen off the ladder to make those choices And doing what's best for them and their family. So, what's going to happen next? Still a lot of unknown. People, the real estate market's nuts because people are literally, they sold their houses to get top dollar, they moved away, other people bought them, and now they're all getting called back to the office and everyone's scrambling because they're like, oh, wait, I don't want to commute two hours each way to work. I thought I was doing the right thing when they told me I didn't have to be there. So, people are trying to figure out where they fit, where they belong, what's going to be required. What about the company whose front desk receptionist refuses to get vaccinated? And she's the one that literally is face-to-face with guests and the whole team every day. So there's a lot of unknowns. People are having to make tougher choices. Gartner is talking about something called radical flexibility, which is a really cool idea of not just work from home, but how about if we empower people to work from anywhere on any schedule, meaning let's identify priorities. I do a lot of programs with strength-based assessment because clarity on what you're good at Mm -hmm. and learning how to articulate that coupled with career soul searching, what matters gives you a core of what matters to you, Lisa, you, Allison, and your family and your situation in this chapter now, not what you thought three years ago and not what 10 years down the road looks like, because we don't really know that, but what does this chapter look like? And how do you have conversations that have meaning with your management team, with your HR folks up and down the ladder to say, here's who we've got. Here's the strengths we didn't know we had. There's a lot of upskilling that we've learned and things we learn we need, transferable skills. People did not have pandemic leader in their job description or on their resume in January 2020. No. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So I'm doing a lot of working with individuals and with organizations to say, how do we recognize the best in your people? How do we keep them engaged? How do we give them a little bit more latitude so they can bring their best self to work and be present? Because your presence is your present. And when people talk about work-life balance, that to me is a fallacy. It's about work-life integration. So Mm -hmm. How can we enable teams to have a communications, a cadence, to be loyal to the company policy and the standards that we've all agreed to, and to know that, Lisa, let's just say you happen to have kids in a school that you were responsible? Let's just make this up, right? So maybe you'd like to work from 8 a.m. to three and then be with your family from three to seven, do yoga cook dinner, serve, whatever you do. And you like to put in a couple of hours of strategy time or communicating with folks on the West coast. If you're on East coast, let's just say from seven to nine or seven to 10 PM, that could be your schedule. You could create that. As long as I know, and also knows how to reach you. Right. Isn't that a better quality of life? You're not apologizing for trying to stay healthy. You're not apologizing for taking care of your family's needs. It takes a lot of steam out of the tea kettle, Mm a lot of pressure out of things. So I'm really working with organizations on identifying their gaps and their problems and what keeps their executives up at night. I host executive roundtables talking about workforce unification and really what is holding your team back from growth. Where are those gaps? Do you have the people in line to be promoted? And then what happens? I got a call from one of the big pharma companies, and one of the women I met through a professional group said, You know, we know we love you, we need you. It's time because we had to let go of people. The people who are still there are nervous. Many of them got promoted. They were never trained how to be a manager, they don't know how to go from buddy to boss. So, how come we're all even and now Allison is our boss? Right. Right. We went from being the ones at Starbucks whispering about everyone else, and now Allison is one of them, not one of us, Lisa. Mm -hmm. And how do we navigate difficult conversations? How do we teach her how to be coach versus manager? Is that the coaching, uh, you know, a mantra that's really popular? Empowering people, not just dictating what you want and barking orders. So I might've covered a lot right now, but there's a lot of important conversations. And we just really, what I'm doing is hosting executive round tables for thought leaders and just listening and sparking introductions between some of my awesome friends from around the world in different roles, in different companies, in different industries, not just I purposely didn't cherry pick and say my big four, my big consulting clients. So as I've had the head of uh, DNI from Corn Ferry, I've had one of the heads of HR from Gartner. I've had one of the heads of HR from KPMG. I've got a director of communications from another big four. I had the editor of former editor of Working Mother magazine, part of the group. I had the woman who created the LinkedIn um, connect professionals group. If you remember that it was flourishing. She's got 170,000 connections on LinkedIn Mm -hmm. and built the largest women's group of its kind in the world. She's been part of it. So we had these really cool, different thought leaders coming together and saying, what's happening in your organization or in your industry? What are you seeing out in the world? And starting to figure out how do we tackle it? It's pretty, it's pretty cool stuff. And from being a career coach, I have data from hundreds, if not thousands of people, real life verbatim, what they're actually saying, why they want to leave their jobs. What's their breaking point? Like, what's the stuff they won't tell their manager? Because it's often the manager who's one of the reasons they're leaving. Mm -hmm. So it's an interesting, it's an interesting bridge that I'm able to cross for folks with the dynamic of going from career and leadership and virtual, and what do we do with it? What does it look like for you? Because it doesn't matter what it looks like for Lisa, it's gotta look right for Allison. So there's learning, but not cookie cutter. There's not a one size fits all answer. And the other part is we don't know. What about the new variant, the Delta variant? We had South Carolina open up. They said, okay, good. We're gonna have everybody go back to work, great. There was the gas line disruption. We had no gas for two weeks. Yep. So go back to work, except you can't put gas in your car. So I think resilience is an important part of all of our stories. And it's something to pay close attention and tying back to your whole theme of why we're here with, with the mind and success and keeping ourselves whole. Now, how do you work with your clients
0: to keep them mindful of everything? Because mindfulness is very huge, and especially a big part of mind body success is mindfulness and mindset. How would you utilize those or educate your clients about them?
1: That is a great question, and it literally is the core foundation. That step one, because like everything else, um, I just saw a quiz, on, a poll on LinkedIn, and they said, "What's the most? What's the most important first step?" To landing a new job and it was like, resume, LinkedIn, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, 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 it's mindset. It's understanding your strength and your talent and your non-negotiable priorities. Because when you put pen to paper or type and have those words in front of you, I walk you through the succession plan of questions to let you honestly just, I call it diarrhea of the keyboard, just free, free flowing thoughts, No judgment. You're not trying to figure out the answer. You're just answering questions. And then at the end, we look and say, What do you want your legacy to be? What really matters most to you? What frustrates you? When were you at your best? And how would it feel if you got back there? We help people really imagine how they feel achieving the things that matter most and then give them tools to bring themselves back to those places. So it could be clarity on goals and having real, true, tangible visceral Mm
2: -hmm. reminders
1: of when I reach that this is how I'll feel and now I know what I'm working toward like when I was creating my program my brother was dying of cancer he passed 56 years old of colon cancer oh I'm sorry horrible right he was in Sloan Memorial Sloan Kettering my mother has a stroke she's in Valley Hospital I literally was like Valley in the morning Sloan in the afternoon Mm. it was not easy or fun or good and I wasn't in the mood to talk to people Very much, if you can imagine. So, for me, I did a lot of mindfulness reflection. Um, I crafted a 90 day success plan because I was trying to figure myself out and say, what do I do for the next five years? And that was overwhelming. What do I do for the next year? I could start to bite on that and then say, what about 90 days from now? So, if this is July, going into Halloween, when we start putting sweaters on, what what do I want to see differently? What have I accomplished? And so I created a 90-day success planner and gave people a tool to reverse engineer, starting with the end in mind. So that's one, and then an accountability tool, which is an app that we set your goals together, and then in the morning it would say, "Good morning, Allison. What's the one thing you're going to do toward your goals today?" And you take a minute to say, "I'm going to." I don't care if it's do 10 push-ups or it's to write two LinkedIn recommendations or whatever your mindfulness, your top of mind is. And then at the end of the day, you get either a text or an email saying, hey, Allison, how was your day? Did you accomplish that? Yes or no? If not, why not? And what about tomorrow? And so we bring you back to yourself and what you've reflected on and decide matter and give you the grace to say, don't try to accomplish everything. Your presence is your present. So, if we can break it down and on a daily basis, I always suggest you do your reflection in the morning and the evening. I always say, if you think about when you brush your teeth, maybe that's a good cue. Hopefully, we're all brushing at least twice a day. So, I'll. Uh, <laughs> right? I'm, a, I'm a four time a day, or I'm a maniac, but that's a different story. So. Giving people, I wrote a gratitude and mindfulness, uh, gratitude and abundance meditation to read or read your own or write your own. But you have to find what resonates for you, but have access to a tool. I literally, my mindfulness, I literally take my rocks and I just run them through my fingers. So if I'm having this stressful moment or I want to think about something, I'll just sit here and fondle my little rock in my fingers while it's working. And it just brings me back to a little quiet, inner place, or I can get clear and I can zone out of the rest of the world. Or I take my dog for a walk on the beach every morning, 6.30, like we walk on the beach and talk about mindfulness, right? Ebb and flow of life, watching Mm -hmm. that water. So people need to find what resonates for them, but the mindfulness comes by giving you simple, easy tools, daily practice, nothing overwhelming. But if you only had, let's just say, two things to accomplish in a day. And I always say, do your chicken list, I call it. The one that's not so much fun or you might put off, make sure you get at least that. And and if you think about it, isn't that why people used to say, make sure you make your bed every morning because you've accomplished at least one thing,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? And my mother told me that maybe it was yeah. a lie, but that's what my mom used to tell me and I still do. And so just whether it's the app, whether it's the pen to paper version of it, whether it's jotting into the book, whether it's having your rocks and holding on to it, because everyone learns and reacts differently, right? We're right. auditory learners, we're visual learners, we're kinesthetic learners, so we're all different in how we absorb energy. And so uh, I loved when you asked me to come on and we were talking about the show, because <laughs> without mindfulness, without that stepping stone, that first step, Nothing else matters. I don't care what your LinkedIn says. If it doesn't mean something to you, I don't want you working towards something because you feel like you're supposed to. I'd love for you to be self actualized and work towards something that actually mattered where you could give your best work and get respect and recognition. Or, you know, it's not always about money. Um, But if that is something that's important and necessary, which for probably most of us, it sure doesn't hurt, set your goals, know why it matters. And know why you're showing up. And then when you're here, be here. I had dinner with my family. I had my walk with my dog so that I could be here with you now. Okay. Presence wherever you go. Okay. And to me, that mindful that's what I consider mindfulness. Um, there's some great apps. I have Peloton and they've now made it very um, woo, which I love. So there's yoga there's meditations, they'll do walking meditation. Some of the bikes, you know, the cycling classes yeah. are very some spiritual. I don't know if that's exactly inspirational for sure. You know, you pick the style and theme of where you're coming from and what you need more of right now. That's mindfulness to me being tuned into what you need and, and
2: finding a way to nurture that. Awesome. That's great. Outstanding. So, um, what advice do you have for our listeners? And I want to make sure that they have a way to get in touch with you also. I mean, I could talk to you all day. <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> it's amazing.
1: Well, we you and I just hit it off, right? We literally go each other on the streets of New York city,
2: <laughs>
1: trying to find our way to a mm-hmm. conference, and literally, we didn't know COVID was what COVID was. If you think about that, mm-hmm. that was the very last day we were out in public,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? And I met up
0: with Lisa right after it when I was, because I was living in New York at that point. We had dinner together right
1: after the conference. <laughs> oh, she must have been where you were going where we were leaving yes. China.
2: <laughs> you, you drove me to dinner with Allison. That's right. there.
1: You go. <laughs> off, you off on our on our journey. Um, but I think at the end of the day, the most important part to me is knowing that you should you deserve to be real with the most important parts to you. And it's not what people dictate. It's not supposed to be perfect. Like one of the things I loved about all of the strength based work that I do is that moment of realizing we're not supposed to be great at everything. Our collective team needs to be, so mm-hmm. to give ourselves a bit more grace. I think that's, grace is my word for the year. So if I can share with you, pick your word. Last year was about resilience. 2021 for me, has been about grace. If that helps you in any way or find your word, but starting to realize we're not supposed to nail it all the time, but we are supposed to get up and put one foot in front of the other. So let's try to work on that. And to adopt a system. Now again, I believe in 90-day plans because I figure they're bite-size mm-hmm. right and that's long enough to build good habits. I well, have my 90-day journal right here. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So um, long story short, if people are looking for help with their with their career or trying to just figure out Career life and soul searching, what do I need to do next? There's a free tool you're more than welcome to share. The link is easy. I can say it out loud and we can put it in the notes if you'd like in the show notes. It's rockonsuccess.com forward slash soul. S-O-U-L. Right? Rockonsuccess.com forward slash soul. And that's the free career soul searching assessment. And it's really just meant for you to have a place to challenge yourself and think out loud about what matters to you most now. Because when you see your priorities, sometimes you do it and you realize, oh, things aren't so bad. You know, this was bothering me. But in the grand scheme of things, most everything's working pretty okay. So I should be more grateful every day, right? I always say the serenity prayer. That's one of my other little tricks, the AA serenity prayer. I think I throw that out to people on a daily basis because there's so much out of frustration, I think, and burnout. We've tried to change and shoehorn and get right. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe we need to start paying a little bit better attention to the things that we can ease our way into or work toward it one foot in front of the other and be okay with that. So um, rockonsuccess.com is my website. I have the uh, soul searching assessment, rockonsuccess.com forward slash soul. I am addicted to Clubhouse, which is the new audio free app. So I've got rooms in there. So on Twitter and Insta and Clubhouse, I'm at Success. Hello. Facebook group is rock on success. That's free. You're welcome to be there. Pretty much anything with rock on success will get you to me. And I'm literally on LinkedIn. I do most of my publishing and thought leadership and social sharing on LinkedIn because that's our professional audience. And I have messenger open on LinkedIn pretty much every day. And so people will say that I'm very accessible, that I care about them and I, and I do want to make sure they get what they need. Not not that it has to be from me, but if I can steer someone in a better sense of direction or co-create and host rooms that you want to talk about things that matter, all those fun kinds of things. I love collaboration. So again, even if it's for collaboration, co-hosting something, co-moderating a room on Clubhouse, whatever it might look like, um, I'm always open to a hello and uh, what might happen when you put your heads together. One plus one is not two in my world. One plus one equals 11. (laughs) No, I like that.
0: I like that. I'm looking for you on Clubhouse. Actually just followed you personally.
1: Yep, it's Rock On Success. And and the books are all available on Amazon. Rock Your Golf is a 90-day planner where I teach people how to network on and off the golf course. The Rock On Success 90-day planner is my non-golf version. Same (laughs) thing with all kinds of exercises to do. And, uh, and I just contributed to that no worth to self-worth, which is the newest book, which is a collab with 12 other authors, but Hmm. walking, talking resource. I love what I do. I love the group that we share Lisa and the the genius, the level of thought leadership and surrounding yourself with awesome humans with big hearts and brilliant minds and figure out what we can do together. So I thank you for having me. And if I can help you personally, professionally, I'm happy to do so. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. So this much. has been very enlightening. <laughs> My pleasure. God bless. Have a great rest of your day. You too.
2: Thank you for listening to the Mind Body Success Podcast and being part of our amazing community. We hope you've enjoyed this conversation and gleaned some tidbits that you can incorporate today to start changing your life. Our goal is to be your guides and we look forward to continuing to provide amazing content. Don't forget to join in the discussion at mindbodysuccesspodcast.com for full show notes, resources, and further conversation. If you have a specific topic idea, feel free to recommend it.
0: We look forward to seeing you on our next episode.